Hey guys, welcome to the Sunnydale Study Group. Now, we are not actually going to be talking about a specific episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because the next episode we have on our list, the finale of Season 1, Prophecy Girl, aired on June 2nd, 1997. Today is not June 2nd, so we're going to wait until next week to premiere that session. But for now, we're going to go ahead and do an entire crime session for Season 1. Hi, and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. We are going episode by episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Except for this session, we will be doing something a little different. We are actually going to go over all of season one up until now, because our final is next next week, Mm -hmm. our season one final. And we got to study. We have to study. We got to review. We got to go over key themes, vocabulary. Probably just most of the (laughs) So let's pop those highlighters, let's get those pens ready, and let's head into the library. All right. Guys, this is so exciting. We've just gone through season one. Like, we're already at the end of season one. Yeah, it's crazy. We've come so far. (laughs) Yet, not so far. Yeah, we have one. It's a short season. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's exciting to be done with this season, but it's like half the length of the other seasons. And I was, like, mapping out for season two, like, the, the dates that we would be airing them. And it's, like, all the way through October. And I was like, oh, wow. No, it was, like, November. Daunting. And I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I was like, uh. Breakneck speed. <laughs> this, is like, this is, like, three or four year commitment. <laughs> so we are going to talk about the end of season one, Prophecy Girl, next week with very special guests. Uh, folks from Buffy Between the Lines, like an original, like, godfathers of Buffy podcasting. Um, but up until then, we are going to quickly go back to the beginning. We're going to talk about season one, episode one, and kind of move through and know everything we need to know to get ready for the finale of season one, Prophecy Girl. So the first episode that kicked us off, this is just so awesome. Sorry, I just got to take a second. This is just so cool. Like, we just started this for, like, a fun project, and we're at the we're towards the end of season one of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, our favorite show. Yeah. It's cause and effect. You throw a, you throw a pond in the river and... <laughs> Ripples happen. We started a podcast and people were like, oh, I'm in the world as well and noticing that you're doing that. Yeah. It's it's really something when you can throw a pond in a river, right? <laughs> like that's a, a little bit of a feat. A <laughs> you guys want to go and throw some ponds into some rivers? Skip some ponds? Yeah. I would love to skip some ponds. <laughs> good, 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 good. Good. Uh, but before we do, we'll just finish up the studying. Uh, we started with Welcome to the Hellmouth all the way back uh, at, what was it, March 16th, I believe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the Hellmouth was the introduction of the Scoobies. I mean, that was this is the kickoff of the show. We're meeting all our characters. We're meeting Corey. We're meeting Giles. We're meeting the library where we are now. Would you count the library as the unspoken Scooby? Yes. In yeah. the same way that Serenity, right, is like an unspoken Yeah, the library is definitely a character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the library. You know what? The <laughs> library doesn't get as much sympathy as the characters because it doesn't speak. You're right. But the library goes through a lot. Library gets hurt. Is sees a lot of traumatic things. Yeah, it's like there with everybody. I because like I okay, I watched uh, a little bit of Doctor Who, especially the Fifth Doctor, um, when I was a kid because it was like on you know PBS, and my parents are British. But 
it like when I started watching like actual like uh like nine ten Doctor runs and like I fell in love with TARDIS, I realized that it was nostalgia for the library, like the Sunnydale High Library, cool. where I was like, this is my TARDIS. Well, did you see the, the episode of Doctor Who of New Who with the library? The silent library one. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Donna stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also a library. <laughs> <laughs> Libraries. This is going nowhere. They're uh, all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. Yeah. There's the whole idea of the unspoken vessel that's important. It's the ship. It's the Enterprise. It's Moya and Farscape. It's like it's the TARDIS and in Buffy, it's the library. Mm-hmm. In reboot, it's Glitch, the watch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and for all anyway. you Toonami fans out there. In the Matrix, I guess it's the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Live on the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Um, when yeah, that like scary like dreadlock yeah, robot breaks into the Nebuchadnezzar, it hurts. When it like opens it up to go kill Neo. Yeah. And it's just like, don't do that. Don't. <laughs> is that like the third movie? Is that how far we just got? No, that's the first I one. I know we're in the first one still. So. When Cypher is just like, yeah. wouldn't something crazy happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you gotta believe Cypher. Trying to kill. They're trying to kill. No, like this. Everybody. Anyway. <laughs> But wow. speaking of dangerous worlds, so we also lovely. we also meet Sunnydale, um, and we find out that Sunnydale is a very dangerous town where high school kids are going to get hurt, are going to get very, very lethally hurt. Yeah, at least one death per episode, usually like three or four. Yeah. I feel like probably like an average of three high school students per episode. Yeah, it's pretty... It's Especially pretty after Harvest. Harvest pulls it up. Harvest is sort of like a bell curve, yeah. which is the part two of the two-parter at the beginning of season one. It's also when we kind of find out that, like, the, like this isn't going to be a fun, rollicking adventure. Like, this is going to be, you know, this is dark already. <laughs> this is sort of a gothic superhero story where she Buffy really rejects being the Slayer up until that moment in, in the bronze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it feels like such a fun, light show. Yes, like, Xander is the obvious, like, comic relief. But mm-hmm. also, as you're watching this, as I watch the season back and you watch the show back, you realize... Buffy's kind of the comic relief of the show. Yeah. It's like she's obviously the dramatic lead, but she's the funniest amongst them. Like Xander's is the is most clearly the one that's like, and this is a joke that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Listen to the joke. But Buffy's just got that subtle, constantly clever confidence about her that kind of keeps things. Yeah. That makes us not feel just like we're in abject terror the entire time. While uh, she might be, she she might have been named after Scott Summers, Cyclops. Thank you, Hector, for that piece of information. But she doesn't act like Cyclops. She's more of like a Nightcrawler or like a Gambit, like in her character. Mm-hmm. She's not like that, like, or like a Spider-Man. Sp- yeah, she yeah. is kind of like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Less whiny, though. Less whiny than Spider-Man. Yeah, Spidey has like, yeah. I gotta go to school in the morning. Although she has to do that, but she's still like, I've never heard her complain about going to school in the morning. She just doesn't want to, but that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. When I woke up, I was just like, that's not what I want to do. I used to make hot chocolate for myself in the morning. So, like, I would have, like, a cool thing to pick me up. I didn't drink coffee in high school. So, I was good, like, I'll have hot that. chocolate. And now I'm at risk for diabetes. I drink so much coffee. Sometimes <laughs> I would put, not, I um, if we had hot chocolate packets, I would put a hot chocolate packet into my coffee. Because then it was, like, a mocha. In high school? I started drinking coffee at the age of 13. That's, wow. That's, that's I, dark. Just to be cool? No, just because I needed it. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. When did you start trading stocks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I can't even make a joke. I, I don't know. I don't know which one to I make, which have... brings us to episode three, <laughs> yeah. which. Which. <laughs> yeah. No, which is, yeah, the first one that shows us that this isn't just going to be a vampires all the time show. Yeah. That the hell mouth 
which perhaps is also a character, mm-hmm. that the Hellmouth is going to allow for a lot of different kinds of energy, and that's going to carry from to the end of the show. Right, right. And you also can't stake all the bad guys. Mm-hmm. You just can't stake your problems away. Yeah. You can't just kill something and make it go away. Sometimes you actually have to reason with it because it's a person with a soul. Yeah. It might be a corrupted soul, but it is a soul nonetheless. Yeah, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> just sit down and talk to Zod. <laughs> and just be like, yeah, I did grow up on a farm, but you know what? I think we've got a lot more in common than you think. <laughs> we both miss home also i feel like this you can correct me if i'm wrong if this was one of the first episodes where it was kind of set up more like a like a crime show or a mystery where they kind of set it up to be one person and then it turns out to be someone else you're right like the kind of like switcheroo which they do a lot in the show but i think this is the first instance where they do that it's good they have to collect information yeah Yeah. and find out yeah that's so true. Yeah, which was one of the reasons why I really liked Buffy because I liked that it was supernatural, but I also liked that it was it is like it has the kind of elements of like a like a crime show and there's that aspect to it where they kind of have to figure out what's going on um and like collect clues and you know. Yeah, procedural procedural's fun. Procedural's one of those things where it's just like I want to find out what this is. I used to be a huge Columbo fan as a kid. Oh. Loved Columbo. I, I mean, he was a charming guy. Very charming. Columbo. I used to like walk around and talk like him too, like and I had like a trench coat <laughs> and it must have been the weirdest. Like in my mind it was totally normal, but I'm sure like some teacher was just like, "Are you trying to be Peter Falk?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who which older figure in my life watched Columbo. But it was one of them. Possibly a grandparent. <laughs> one of Chris's elderly figures. You can buy the whole collection. They're Funko uh, <laughs> figurines, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. I'm not sure which ones they are, but there's a Actually, okay. El- the older Funko figures look kind of weird because they give them like a like the bags under their eyes. But they Aww. still look like, like a fetus because that's what all Funko figures look like. <laughs> so they're just like these fetuses with these like bags under their eyes. I think this has seen so much life. I love Funko <laughs> figures. I'm not not hating if you want to send me <laughs> free. I spend way too much money on Funko figures. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a little bit of a pet peeve. Speaking of pets, <laughs> <just> pet. <laughs> this is good. Ooh, good transition. Is episode four, even though I insisted for a certain period of time that the pack was episode four. I don't know why I did that. I think it was probably just, you know, accidental. Yeah. Or wishful thinking. There you go. I just really wanted it to be episode four. But, um... But yeah, Teacher's Pet is a really interesting episode because it also, as you were saying, Chris, is the first non-Buffy-centric episode. We kind of move away from her POV and her issues, and we kind of go over towards what Xander's going through. And uh, and also her ability to beat up people in bushes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, the bush bush factor is is huge. Uh, (laughs) The bush factor. (laughs) Yeah, these are the bush years. Another one is Clinton years. Yeah, those are Clinton years. Yeah. But, you know, there was Bush presence. Oof. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and it was, you know, following in the lines of the witch, it was a f- our first monster of the week. Because the witch, yeah. you, witch, you could count as that, but I don't think a witch is a monster. A witch is a person. That's a character. Yeah. It's not really a monster. Yeah. And then this is our first monster. Pray Mantis Lady. She Mantis, as apparently it's referred to. She Mantis. With, according she to Chris, Mantis. the weirdest accent. Which, <laughs> yeah. we, which we determined was South African. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But, it, well, yeah, anyhow. What? Let's not touch what? it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Reddit blew up about it. I don't know if you guys saw that. We were on the front page. <laughs> the more we say it, the more it'll happen. <laughs> um, also, it was the first, I mean, it was a, a huge turn because you have, like, before, like, the, the your male lead, aside from Giles, is sidelined for the most part. 
Um, and Giles is like a mentor character, so it's slightly different dynamic. But like, it's an episode where your male main character, your young boy character, is in danger and needs to be saved. You know, and you have, well, you have two. Like, you have two boys that are being kidnapped, and that's really cool. I haven't. I don't know the last time I've seen it in a horror film, uh, in the last years since this episode came out. Yeah. You know. No, I mean I haven't been watching horror films for a minute, so I couldn't educatedly say. I think, but if anything, this film reminds me of like The Faculty. Yeah, it's another, very like, faculty 90s, feeling. Like, yeah. John Stewart's in it. Yeah. Usher's in it. Yeah. I miss when John Stewart was in movies. I think I just miss John Stewart. Half baked and The Faculty. <laughs> and he's in, he's in Playing by Heart, which is like this really oh. weird like romantic. You know how they do those romantic comedies with like the really big cast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was in that. Yeah, it's like him and Gillian Anderson, and then like Angelina Jolie is also in it. What? And like their sisters, and it makes no sense. That's crazy. Um, yeah, Playing by Heart. That's interesting. Yeah. But uh, Teacher's Pet. Man. Yeah, but what Teacher's Pet also does in its importance of Xander is a huge ongoing storyline of this season is Xander's feelings for Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, as I'm rewatching this season, it's one of the most present overarching storylines and yeah. Willow's and, and Willow's affection for Xander, but Willow's affection for Xander isn't as present. It's still a triangle. Yeah. It might be a little more isosceles. Yeah. Than most TV shows would present, but it's definitely, there's a triangle shape, triangular shape. There is. I think mm-hmm. it's more uh, just because the way Xander reacts to it, Xander is kind of like, this is life or death. Like, I need this. Like, it's mm-hmm. very much that kind of, like, teenage mindset of, like, I need to be in a relationship. Like, I yeah. need to prove my worth, mm-hmm. like, type thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Willow is just kind of like, oh, I realize that, like, this person that I've been friends with forever, I think I like them more as a better Yeah. Friend. There's totally two different things going on there. Yeah. Those two different, like, affections. Yeah. Or modes of affection. Yeah. Which is really which interesting. Which is cool because both are kind of portrayed in this show for teenagers ideally i guess yeah is that the target audience for buffy uh i think so teenagers that makes sense at the time yeah Yeah. high schoolers i was was definitely younger when i was watching it and i watched it with my mom who was older but i was trying to figure out what the i guess now i'm in the target audience Probably out of the target <laughs> Everything changed. Our generation now is oh, a bunch geez. of money, so oh, like God. everything is all screwed oh, up. Disney's like, so I guess we'll sell Frozen to twenty somethings. Right. I guess. Did you see, see Simon Pegg's thing about how like? Oh, yeah, I loved yeah. it. We yeah. Just stopped aging. I feel like nerd culture has just. We're just kids forever. Yeah. I love Simon Pegg, <laughs> and also Simon Pegg loves Buffy. Yeah. There's a great Buffy joke in space. Oh my God, space! Where he has wakes a giant up. Buffy poster. Yeah. He pr- oh he prays. The- I yeah. know I haven't asked much, but before, like, but I really need this favor. Thank you, Buffy. And it, like, pans up, and it's, like, a Buffy poster uh-huh. <laughs> that he's praying to. And then, like, another moment, like, he's sleeping, and, like, it's everyone waking up from, like, there's, like, um, stuff going on in Marsha's apartment. Yeah. So everyone waking up is, like, the joke is, like, you're you're saying in the middle of your dream, and so everyone's, like, no, please leave me alone. Like, no, Mom, I don't want to do that. And Simon, and his character just wakes up, and Tim goes, Buffy! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, never kill a boy on the first date. It's the next episode. Let's just skip this one. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, you guys. Okay, you guys hate Owen so much. No, hate such a soft. You word. guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. This was a cool episode because they bring in a character from like outside of yeah. kind of, like the Scooby Gang, and he they like they try and hide it from him, but he ends up getting involved, and instead of reacting like you're weird. Mm-hmm. He's interested, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. So it's kind of like how like Cordelia sometimes comes in, mm-hmm. um, but she hasn't become like a main kind of like 
staple of the group yet. But whereas Owen, like, I mean, he maybe he could have came in and joined the group. Maybe him and Buffy could have worked out, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it shows that, like, even though Buffy really wants to fit in and she wants to be able to have, like, a normal relationship, like, not under those circumstances. Like, she doesn't yeah. just, yeah. Like, she could have, like, if she really wanted a boyfriend, she could have just dated him and they could have, like because he would have dated her, but, like, not for the right reason. What's interesting about that, like, yeah, I totally didn't even realize until you're saying it right now, um, and so glad we're doing this, like, cram session. I'll be ready for the final. But is that, like, it's not, like, I always see that episode as, like, uh, the superhero secret identity episode where, like, they're like, you know Matt Murdock, like, you can't have relationships. They'll always get in the way or whatever. And it's like, come on, stick. I want to have a girlfriend. Yeah. But, or it's like that Flintstones episode where he has to go on a <laughs> date with, Wilma, but then also has to go to the water buffaloes. Oh my god! Oh yeah, uh, yeah. The bowling tournament. Yep. Not quite that, but <laughs> you can't bowl and have your cake too. No. But um, but also it's just in general. Even if Buffy, even if this wasn't a show about a vampire slayer and was about a just a a quote unquote normal girl, right? Like a girl who wasn't a vampire slayer who didn't have to go out at night and patrol. It's still about choosing healthy relationships where she thinks that they have something in common and she's attracted to that and she wants to feel close to someone. That's what a relationship is, is being close to someone. And then she finds out that he's in it for the wrong reasons and she cuts it off, which is such an amazing message. You know, like it's I, I mean, Twilight isn't even developed in the relationship enough to like compare it to that. But it's in the sense of just like choose the person who's best for you and makes you feel better instead of just like choose the person who's like closest to you and you know, like, is easy and would probably make you look cool in front of Cordelia. Right. And I think it's kind of like the attractiveness of the unknown, which is Owen is attractive to Buffy because he's a tall, uh, apparently Broody handsome guy. man. Yeah. Handsome. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, so he's a, he's a tall, handsome man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she has this, and this is a thing that obviously happens in life, but especially high school, is that you fall pretty easy and that you can kind of project and create this idea of what someone is. Yeah. And that when you kind of find out what's really there, it can be a little heartbreaking. And I think that that's a little bit of foreshadowing for what she's about to experience Mm -hmm. um, with another character (sighs) in the show who is a brooding, tall and handsome man. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we hop out of this episode, I feel like there's something else I wanted to mention. The girl in the the extra in plaid. That's oh yeah, the you're extra in the world. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. the, oh, the master comes back in this. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. He the also the master. This season also has the master, by the way. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that is the exact way I feel about almost this whole season. Oh right, and the master's something in this season. He's occasionally pops in for a little bit of a monologue. Yeah. Um. Oh, the thing I wanted to say, sorry, you're totally right. I didn't mean to cut you off. But uh, at the same time, that is the conclusion of that thought. He monologues. <laughs> um, but I want to say, like, it's a really cool. Like, when I was watching season one, I watched it, like, later. But I was so happy about that episode about Never Kill a Boy because it's something that I feel like is never, isn't, has advertised to guys as well. Which is not a thing where it's like, you know, because it's in a, sh- a show with, like, a female lead, it's only for, you know, girls. It's like, no, no, no. Like, that, that I got something so much out of that episode because every single, like, 80s, 90s, like, romantic comedy movie was always, like, guys chasing, like, quote, unquote, the hot chick. And, like, I was always like, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, that would be, like, the most uncomfortable date ever where it's like, so what are you into? And she's like, I don't know. I'm not really developed. <laughs> 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 I just, I don't know. I go to parties, I guess. <laughs> 
And then they're like, well, I guess I should probably date my best friend. It's like, why did this movie even happen? Like, why did I spend, like, but the $7 a Blockbuster to rent this for the night? <laughs> Such a waste of my time. <laughs> and I love that this episode addresses that. Like, right from the get-go, Buffy has the sense, which I think a lot of high schoolers do, where it's just like, no, nah, I'm not attracted to that person. Yeah. Uh, even though, like, other people seem to like them. I don't like them. Yeah. Um, but I guess some people just want to be part of the pack, which is the <laughs> next episode. Let me see if I can go the entire way. Uh, and this is the episode where we find out that um, anyone in the gang, evil is not just going to come from the outside attacking the gang. It can also infiltrate the gang itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just about Buffy protecting students of a high school, but also protecting just the town and the students from the students themselves. Yeah. Because that's what high school is, too. It's like there are some of certain episodes in this season really, really nail down the whole metaphor of high school is hell. And this is definitely of the top in perhaps the right. whole show. People can change. Mm -hmm. People might go to different cliques. Also, there's like this really cool like overall storyline with Joss's work where you realize that um, by stepping up and doing something, you put your you make yourself vulnerable for corruption. By doing anything, you you make you give yourself a chance to do the wrong thing. And by introducing your friends to this world to help save Sunnydale from vampires, you also might put your friends at a disadvantage where they might get taken over by hyena spirits, yeah. you know? And uh, it's present in Avengers. It's present in Dr. Horrible. It's present in Firefly. Maybe not, but that's because it didn't quite get there. What, that you're, you're putting your friends in danger? Oh, I guess, uh, well, Serenity, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, Act 2 of Serenity is yeah. just that. Yeah. Even just by taking on River and Simon. And You're right. Just yeah. throwing them out. They got to yeah. move twice as fast. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone is, yeah. Uh, but, like, that's just a really cool, that's a really cool, like, it, I feel like just now, like, other stories are catching up to that outside of, like, Frank Miller stories. But Frank Miller stories, like, no one's likable. <laughs> Let's be honest. No. <laughs> if you find a, a character likable in a Frank Miller story, I don't know, talk to somebody. <laughs> but don't talk to Frank Miller. No, don't talk to him. No one should talk to him. He's like he's like in a Hannibal Lecter type cell now. Right? Yeah, I want to grow up to be old Batman. No, I'm old Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Just sits there drinking lemonade, pretend punching pedophiles. Yeah, that's sort of his. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> but that's something I really like about the episode, the pack, and the idea that like sometimes people around you are really close to you and fighting the fight will do something that you disagree with or something that might put you in danger or might do something that shocks you. And it's, you're going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to work through that. That's really cool. That's the thing I like about the Avengers too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Hey, Flutie gets killed here. Let's say a quick, give a quick one to Bob Flutie. It's amazing how only one character dies in this episode. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I, potentially two. I think that also, uh, the guy, the, the ritual guy, Oh, he probably is eaten by hyenas, huh? It is implied, so it's implied that he gets eaten yeah. by hyenas. So two people die, and one amazing hero escapes. Herbert the Razorback. <laughs> and creates a Twitter. Again, Herbert yeah. the Razorback, no vowels on Twitter. Yeah, he's out there. He doesn't follow me. He doesn't? No. He's not the best at Twitter, no. but <laughs> he sends out really inspirational messages. Right. If you guys are ever having a dark yeah. day. Herbert the Razorback without vowels on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He has bigger. It's not that he doesn't like you, Holland. He's just he's, he's just busy a man being on the run. a guardian angel. <laughs> exactly. Like the next episode, Angel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we find out Angel's backstory. This is also where we say goodbye yeah. to one of my favorite characters of TV of all time. 
Darla. Darla. Oh, yeah. Crap. I always forget that she dies in this episode. It is so heartbreaking. Because she's, so she's such like a memorable character. Yeah. Um, so it's weird to think back on it. She just brings so much. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. she also makes the master make sense. Like, the second yeah. that yeah. she's gone, the master, you're just like, the master's distraught and you feel it. Like, you feel like that was a huge blow to, like, the master and the big bad of this season. Yeah. But other but the big reveal that we revealed way early in the podcast so sorry guys that we ruined that because yeah. we did we totally forgot that that was Everyone a surprise knows the angels around. angels of vampire uh and buffy's a vampire slayer how's it gonna work i mean the the I'll best thing about check. going back and rewatching this is since i started watching buffy later on um and not from the beginning i always just had this like i hated angel and i uh-huh. had like no real reason for hating him other than like I just hated Angel. I refused to watch Angel. My parents, like, not that my parents forced me to watch Bones, but, like, I did not want to watch Bones because of David Morianas. Like, I wanted nothing to do with this guy. Wow, and, like, I just had to, like, super anti. I, I did. And then, like, going back and rewatching this from the beginning, I'm like, why did I hate him so much? It's like, cool, right? It's not, it was like, compl- I feel like it was completely unjustified. And I just had this, like, vision in my head that I hated him since I was, like, 13. And then it just, like, Maybe it's because he keeps blood in his fridge. (laughs) What in blood in a... Oh, never mind. I'm not going to answer this question. It's going to reveal how little I know about medicine. Uh, what, like temperature? <laughs> yeah, or? I was just like, wouldn't it like congeal? No, well, when you, when you give blood... Special fridge? When blood you fridge? give blood, they keep blood in our fridge. That's, that's what, yeah, that's yeah. what I realized as yeah, I asked the question. Like all medical yeah. samples of It's a really good fridge. Yeah, I'm more of a... I'm sort of more of like, would, you keep your blood at room temperature. It would only temperature, congeal if it hit air. Like, it's... It's like airtight. Oh, like it is sealed. So the You're right. Why, like scabs and stuff happens is when it like it like hits air because of oxygen. Yeah, because of free radicals. Isn't... Just kidding, not free radicals. <laughs> but that makes sense. Naming things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Antioxidants. White blood cells and the red blood cells. <laughs> and, uh, this is like an episode uh, of House. Uh, 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 hemoglobin, uh, lupus. But uh, before we hop off this episode, um, yeah, this Buffy is a show that very much deals with a centuries-long narrative, and not just some centuries, but eons, even as the word is said in I think the first episode. What was the definition of eon that we looked up? It was like not hella years, hella years. Right? <laughs> oh, no, like, yeah, if you if you look up what an eon is. It's really funny. It's like a lot because it's basically they're saying that people like over exaggerate what an eon is. And they're like, oh, well, something happened a long time ago. It doesn't mean it's an eon like an eon is. I have to find the exact definition. Oh, yeah, the the smarmy definition. It's so I can also cut it from. Should we do a flashback? Can we we pull the clip from the actual episode that we did? Is that going to be harder? Are we going to do a clip show? No, but this will be the only clip we ever do. (laughs) We'll do it right now. Here's the clip. (laughs) <laughs> great clip that was so good clip What's wow um but yeah so angel darla and the master is angel and darla's relationship sets up the importance of the master it's almost like the master because he is rather unpresent in this season mm-hmm. he lives larger in his effect on the mythology than he does in his actual character yeah. and that he was you know the sire of darla that he you know the darla led to angel and Angel, obviously, pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah, pretty big deal in the show. I mean, he gets an episode named after him. Yeah. Doesn't happen true. to anyone else. That's true. There's no episode called Willow. No. Or Buffy. No. Or Xander or Giles. The only character that has – well, there's a few later. But <laughs> right now, for now. Only episode named mm-hmm. after a character. Yep. And there's a sort of sense of betrayal. He didn't talk about his previous relationships or his previous life. He used to be a junkie, and by junkie, I mean vampire, and he still is. Mm-hmm. 
but he's trying to turn his ways, and we're learning a little bit about him. I robot you, Jane. It's the next episode that we're. <laughs> uh, that this episode introduces Jenny Calendar. Oh. It introduces Molak, who never comes back. <laughs> um, it introduces, but also the main thing about this is uh, everyone in the group is subject to issues and their own personal faults, including Willow. You know, Willow is really like uh, a hero the entire season. And then this is the first time we see her kind of turn a little bit against Buffy, kind of doing her own thing. Uh, and her sense of identity sometimes will conflict with Buffy. Also, this is the first Willow episode. Yeah, this is the first Willow episode. Two. Teacher's Pet and Packer Xander episode. This is the, I mean, it's a short season, but yeah, first Willow episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, a big thing about this is also we're just going to be dealing with some real issues that then get touched by the Hellmouth. Like, I feel like we did like a lot of Monster of the Week stuff. We did a lot of like char- interesting character stuff. That really could only exist in a vacuum. Like I haven't heard of too many parents who have taken the bodies of their daughters, but this is something that I know a few. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess while well, the calling out alarm is calling Amy out in the background here, <laughs> um, we're in the middle of Hollywood. Where but, crime happens. Uh, but also, like this is yeah, this is like a real issue that like affected teenagers and still continues to affect teenagers and is being addressed in the television show by for the Vampire Slayer. What par- uh, parents who predators. take their no, 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 oh, online predators? Honestly, <laughs> like, I about you, Jane. Yes, well, unless so now, I feel like there was there was a really big. It was relevant at the time, and I feel like online predators are still a problem. But we live our lives. Have you so ever been much on Minecraft? Online. Well, no, no, no. We, we live our <laughs> lives so much online. I'm like, sort of I feel aware like of us it. in particular that. I do meet friends through the internet. I, yeah. It's like a different type of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get attacked on the internet by people who don't like what I say, but I feel like we're I'm like a touch like, more savvy now. Yeah. A touch more savvy, yeah. but it's still to the point where like, if you're, I don't know, I work, I've worked on internet things in YouTube for like the last five years of my life. And it's just, you hear some horror stories. Yeah. It's a dark world, the recesses of the human mind. Yep. No, when mean, people bad, can bad hide behind the happened, anonymity. But I feel like it was more, it, I don't want to say, like early 2000s. It was more of 2000s, they definitely like hang a lantern on it more. It's like when Degrassi, Degrassi did an episode about it. Right. Emma. Oh, Degrassi. Now people know it's like and everyone's more traceable. they had to take whole computer to find out like <laughs> what, they literally had to move her entire desktop computer out of her room yeah. to find out like to get the evidence and everything. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, it was only, yeah. It was also a pre-Patriot Act world. That's true. So oh. now, realistically, all information of us probably <laughs> stored yeah. all the time. The NSA is like, this oh, we know about Molek. Guys, this yeah. periscope. We stored him. Yeah. <laughs> Were we not supposed to record that? Too bad. Yeah. Uh, Patriot Act up for renewal, jump first. Um, and uh, little fun fact about that. And this is a great '90s episode. Yeah. In the sense that when you watch, if it's like, hey, let's do some nostalgia, looking back at what that era was like, and laughing at how it seems dated, this is top of the list. We're also getting something I love. I love this aspect of world building, which is why I got a Disneyland pass because ugh, there's so many sirens. But um, why I am like so into like this sense of world building, where it's like people's ideologies and how that influences how they dress, where where they work. Jenny Callender is super into, or Miss Callender. I don't think we find out her name, her full name until later. But um, she is in the tech lab, and oh. the way, she, and she's very like clean, sort of earthy tones. Whereas Giles is tweed. And her those hair are also cool. earthy tones. What her am I talking about? Is like she's a techno pagan. Yeah. She's a techno pagan. Like and dyed black hair with like yeah, cool like 
style things. Yeah, I know, and like looking you know at what I'm talking yeah. about. Looking at both of them, you can tell like they're different. Like you're like you're probably I can tell that you're probably into like books, and you're more into like modern research. Um, and this is also the episode that inspired Jane Spencer to join the team. Oh, who did will it? Later, really? uh, be writing a crank full of episodes because she's incredible. And you know, it really does go to show. Like Puppet Show, which is the next episode. Uh, And this really also adds to, like, the entire mythology of Buffy. It's showing a bigger world where you have um, someone who's who's also hunting vampires and traps. So, you know, this is going on globally. This isn't just, like, Sunnydale and, like, a vertical timeline. But this is happening all over the world all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this is the first instance where you kind of see another Slayer. Like it's because I feel like it's it's discussed. right. Like, like he's not a slayer, that, like, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like he dated one. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so he's Let's not. A, so it's like there that. are other people doing this, but you only really see Buffy. So you now you get an example of someone else who is doing this, and yeah, it doesn't only just take place in this town. We get to compare characters, get to compare yeah. powers, yeah. yeah, and also see the idea of like punishment. That like if you are into, if you're gonna put do this, there's you might. <laughs> be trapped in a puppet's body, which is interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's like a new threat yeah. that arises. Like, the, the stakes are very real. <laughs> Anything is possible. And also, this is an episode about jumping to conclusions, which I really like, and that's something that like, we can't make assumptions, which is sort of a big through line of Buffy and why I like it as a queer narrative, where it's like, don't don't think that you know the answers to everything. Don't think that there's a normal that we're going to compare everything against. We're not going to be playing with the tropes of the 1950s. Right. Everything is possible. Everything's mixed up. So it's important for us to know all the facts and get to know people before we make a move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The guy had brain cancer. Yeah, that was dark. It was rough, yeah. And I love that Sid, the puppet, he just wants to die. I, like, I think that's yeah. such an interesting thing, too. That it, and it's like, it kind of... It, this is the first time in the show that immortality is seen by someone with a soul who doesn't want immortality. Right. And that they, all they want is to just be able to pass. And I think that's interesting. Do you guys think that Slappy from Goosebumps also wants to be put out of his misery? He wanted to be evil. He was evil. He so was he's just, just evil. So yeah. he's happy. Yeah. He okay. liked doing what he was doing. I'm pretty sure. You know what dumb freaks me out? I have to brush up on my Slappy. Goosebumps. Yeah. The end oh of that God. episode, the first uh, Slappy episode, the ending is the spirit magic goes into the other ventriloquism dummy. I forget what his name is, like oh. Buddy or something or Bubba. And it freaked me out because he's like, because it's supposed to be like not that scary because he's not evil. Yeah. But Slappy is like this like gross like 1920s, 1930s like... Hey everybody, I'm Vaudevillian. And uh whereas like the guy that comes in the end is just like Vaudevillian. But whereas at the end of the episode there's he's like, "Hey everybody, I'm glad to be part of the family." And I just hear the Deliverance banjo play and Ooh. I'm just like, "I I hate that dumb Oh yeah, cuz there's there were like there were a couple of the sloppy books and it as they progressed, it started to be there was like a family of them. Like Oh yeah, there was like a there bride of Slappy and, and stuff. Yeah. 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 All I'm thinking is Slappy the Squirrel right now, who is another <laughs> troubled figure who maybe wanted to be put out of her own misery. Quite possibly. I loved Slappy, though. Yeah. Slappy was the first person that, as a child, ever signaled to me, showbiz ain't, ain't all so good. Yeah. One minute you're on top, one minute you are... On the bottom. That was me and Eddie McDowd, 100 Deeds of Eddie McDowd. One day you might be robbing a bank, the other day you might be a dog. Um... Which to me would be a total nightmare. Speaking of which, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for this. nightmares. 
this episode really just highlights everybody's nightmares. Oh yeah. Right? It just um yes. and also highlights the importance that Little League is gonna play in this TV show. <laughs> it's just it's also episode. really scary because it's that's one of the scarier concepts you can think of if you just think of all like the bad dreams you've had and just like if nightmares could become real and like everyone's nightmares are becoming real. So it's not even just like you're living your nightmare, but you're living your nightmare and also like are witnessing other people's Cross and it nightmares. Just, it's, cr- it's really terrifying. And like the rate that it grows. Mm-hmm. too. What are your guys' worst nightmares that would like met? Like that would be the worst that they manifested themselves. Not like nightmare of like, I'm scared of rejection, but like if it became a thing that everyone's eyes would bleed and that we'd all just like burst into a mess of organs. And Whoa, that's pretty bad. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. No. How about you Holland? I don't know. I think I just have like dreams where people die, and then like I feel guilty because it's always like someone I know or like someone who's. Oh, that's that was Giles's nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But it's not even like a specific person. It's just like people. It's like random people that like either I know like well enough or other people know well who either die or get like injured, Mm -hmm. and it'll like just feel really realistic. So I think I would just feel guilty if like other people, like people that other people cared about, were getting hurt Uh because I had a nightmare about it happening, Mm. and that would just I would feel guilty. Mine is that someone went back in time and recast uh, Twin Peaks without Kyle MacLachlan. Wow. That's your worst nightmare? That's it. That's pretty bad. I found who, out who about would, that. Who would they have cast? Some Schmosby. Some jerk. Who's, who's some Schmosby? I don't know. I, the person never got work because they're oh. Schmosby. That's right, guys. What's <laughs> uh, your worst nightmare? I mean, that wouldn't have we happened, did. though, because David Lynch had already used Kyle MacLachlan and stuff. But time travel. It's a nightmare. Doesn't so make sense. So if he just never used Kyle MacLachlan and, and like what Blue Velvet? No, but he, he would still be Blue Velvet. That's the thing is we would still know that he could have been in Twin Peaks. But he just cast someone different for Twin Peaks. But they just cast. But he didn't I don't know. Stick with the same people. Um, uh, what's his name from Chips? Uh, Eric Estrada. Yeah. So Eric Estrada is not a Schmosby. I have the utmost respect him. for Eric Estrada. I love Eric Estrada. But if they recast Eric Estrada in Twin Peaks. It would be better. Actually, kind of would be a pretty good show. <laughs> okay. It'd be a better show. All right. Anyhow, uh, let's put the out of mind, out of sight. Like what? the episode, out of mind, out of sight. <laughs> uh, so I, this is the latest yeah. episode that we touched on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that was the latest episode, and then there's the Buffy episode, Age of Ultron, which we also covered. But um, out of mind, out of sight is an episode that really muddles everything up. It just takes uh, it takes your rum. It takes your sugar. It takes your mint leaves. Uh, it takes your other dark rum. It throws it into a glass. It muddles it up. It puts in some ice, and then you got a mojito, which is this episode. Yes, it is. And this is another episode that uh, I think we would cite as the first Cordelia episode. I would agree. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. It makes her sympathetic, and it's an episode that also kind of makes us question our expectations in the sense that it starts with us. It, Usually the whole thing is it's like you the, the the popular girl that's cruel is the one that we uh, are angry at and right. the one and the person that is the nerd that is picked on is the person we sympathize with. Right. In this case, we sympathize with both of them and we end up terrified for the popular girl and wanting her to be okay and terrified of the unpopular girl who was picked on into invisibility yeah. because she has uh, gone mad and has become murderous. And it's like evil is not absolute, right? Yeah. Is that, 
Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I feel bad for Marcy, and I also feel bad for Cordelia, so I don't pick a side, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's most uncomfortable about this episode, because you're, like you said, like, you're very used to, like, feeling bad for the unpopular person and, like, being against the popular person, but, like, it's weird that, like, I personally, I feel bad for both of them, and so I'm in this weird situation where I just, like, like, it sucks that this happened to you and that you've gotten to this point, but also, like... Cordelia sucks, but she's not the worst. Yeah. Like, it forces yeah. you to think. It yeah. forces you to, I think we said, like, navigating the landscape of that, where it's like, how do you feel about this? Um, and how do you deal with it? And the answer is FBI agents come in and take Marcy away. Yeah. That's always uh, the answer. So the th- early stages of the Patriot Act. <laughs> <laughs> you think you can be invisible to us? <laughs> we tapped all your phone records. Um, so that is, we're all caught up. Yeah. Uh, what do we need to carry from season one into what are the main points we need to make sure that we're ready for for Prophecy Girl? The master, obviously. Master is going to be a big thing at the end of this season. The master is still trapped in kind of this orb of a fallen church yeah. that is underneath Sunnydale. And he is now alone except for the anointed one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he... <laughs> Honestly, he'd be better off alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, who would he monologue to? Uh, soliloquy it. Soliloquy? Yeah. Yeah, actually, I kind of would like a... Yeah. (laughs) So that's what the Master's up to. Buffy is sort of connected to the Master in some way. We've seen that in the first few episodes. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of connection. There's like a Harry-Voldemort connection. Man, Voldemort looks a lot like the Master. I'm now realizing. Yeah, he he does. A lot like the Master. He had a little bit more effective allies, Mm -hmm. though. That's true. (laughs) Um, The Scoobies, uh, or the Slayer Rats at this point, are not 100% a team. This is like 47 minutes into Avengers. They're not quite the Avengers yet. You know, they're not a perfect team. We haven't figured out that ideal dynamic quite yet. Yeah. Um, We're still dealing with all of the, like, Xander, Buffy, Willow Xander stuff. Heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. Isosceles Triangle. Um, They don't trust each other. Yeah, there's not 100% trust. They've been through a lot, and the trust isn't there. It's kind of like the only person that really trusts anyone in the core gang is I think that it's Giles and it's not even that Buffy and Giles trust each other yet is that Giles trusts his duty. Yeah. And his he, calling. Yeah. And that's the only, cause Buffy doesn't trust her calling. Really. Yeah, that's true. It's just Giles is the only one that's like absolutely clear about what he needs to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, also Giles has a hard time branching out to people. Why, why it was such a huge deal for him to like, powwow with jenny calendar oh, yeah. like that was a huge yeah. thing for him yeah. yeah another important so giles is like a has been working with jenny and then also we find out that he's been speaking with angel behind buffy's back which is an important thing to think about mm-hmm. going into prophecy Girl. yep imagine if your mentor character was hanging out with your almost boyfriend and that they were who refuses to really see yeah. you and there's a prophecy of... yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also the prophecy, right? I don't think we know anything about that. We haven't decrypted the codex yet, yeah, right? No. The Pergamum codex. Yeah. That will come up soon. Um, and I think that's pretty much season. it. Yeah. That's everything that's kind of been building up this finale. That's all the key points that haven't been fully mm-hmm. addressed. Yeah. We don't know if they're gonna what they're going to happen. We haven't seen the episode yet because we're a non-spoiler podcast for the most part, unless you didn't know the angel was a vampire. Uh, but we, these are things that like have yet to be addressed and we're going to hopefully see them play out in this last episode, this last session in our final. 
And we're so happy to have the folks from Buffy Between the Lions as our guests yes. for next week. Yeah. Because they are Buffy experts. Uh, and in case you don't know what Buffy Between the Lions is, it's an audio play, um, a series of audio plays that are external, not really external, but additional Buffy stories. Yeah. They take place in between seasons. It's like the expanded universe. Exactly. If you have watched Buffy and you know what happens in the future, especially season four stuff, um, check out their episode. I believe it's episode seven because they bring back Marcy. They address Marcy as a character. That's and awesome. it's glorious. It's an amazing series. You can find it on iTunes. I believe you can find it at BuffyBetweenTheLines.com. Uh, I'm between the line studios. You can just Google them. They do angel as well. They do angel. There's some firefly stuff. I want to uh, check out their castle podcast. Cause I've yep. never seen, I feel like no one cares about castle. <laughs> do you ever feel that it's way? Really it is popular. I saw, I haven't watched this last season actually. I think the I'm problem with castle is that it's an old firefly, people show. It's based yeah. off of the Rockford files basically. Yeah. So they basically just wanted to make a just a, a crime show but not have it be like any uh, every other crime show. So it is kind of like styled after those older like it's very like the banter is very kind of like fast fast dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um it's witty, it's reference heavy. So it's a good show yeah. but um, On the subject yeah. of Nathan Fillion, I uh he I'm in love is with him. part and, and you're in love with him. Everyone's uh, in love with him. Who jerks. isn't in love with Nathan Fillion? Jerks. Um, Sunshine's interaction. <laughs> I, uh, he is part of Con Man, the series yes. that Alan Tiddick is yeah. writing and directing. Um, and I was actually traveling to go to my friend's wedding, and I was in an airport bathroom. And just for fun, I thought I was alone in the bathroom. And if you've seen their teaser yeah, yeah, yeah. size, I just, while I was in the stalls, like, damn you to hell. And there was someone in the bathroom. Nice. <laughs> I thought you it was Alan Tudyk, and I was like, that's Oh, hilarious. if it was... But you know, if he's would be seen you, he would know it was He you. and I are really good and friends. Alan and I are really good friends. Alan and we I had lunch together once. once when, awesome. he was, when he was leaving the Twitch stream, he was like, bye, everyone. And I was like, bye, friend. It's kind of like how we left. all... You said that aloud. You said, bye, friend. I didn't say friend. I just kind of waved and just said, bye. Bye. <laughs> Fred, <laughs> I will Did call not you use Fred. The word Fred. Fred. <laughs> um, uh, we should definitely do a special at one point where we talk about people we've interacted from the Weedenverse. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of people at this point, more than yeah. I expected to, yeah. at the age of twenty-two, it's been better than I mean, I'm, expecting. Yeah. I'm friends with Ron. Oh yeah! <laughs> I'm turning 37 next week, guys. What? 37. 37. Well, you don't look a day over 40. Thank you. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> um, we want to say a huge thank you to you guys for all of your support. Uh, this is something that we expected maybe three people to listen to, and that's us. Yeah. Uh, and we would be lucky if we no, would have no, gotten those numbers. I totally listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. And, and this has been so much bigger and amazing and supportive than we could have ever imagined. Um, other Buffy podcasts out there have also just been so cool. If you are like, they thinking, have been cool <laughs> after <laughs> one small incident, everything is fine. Holland's still salty, but <laughs> and that's, we resolved it. Yeah. It's, it's everyone is now. the more, um, I believe my, 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 one of my best friends, Sean Kelly, um, who I lived with throughout college and, uh, studied philosophy. So I trust anything he says, he said that Buffy is the most written about television show. In the history of television, yeah, and the fact there more so than it, the X Files, yeah, I th- I believe so. Okay, um, I'll believe it when I see it. I have I will try to research. I need it. I think proof. Gonna... No, I'll do my own research. I would say that it's true in the sense that it's like Buffy's fandom is so 
roaringly clear still. Whereas like the X-Files, it is. And obviously, I'm not as involved in it, so I couldn't speak to it that large. But having been to Comic-Con for the past 10 years, X-Files I, is No, it hasn't been, but I think it's going to come back now because of the revival. But I just I only say that because X-Files was one of the first shows that kind of like fandom was established surrounding it. Yeah, um, but also, and that but, was one of the first shows that, like, the internet, when the internet became a thing, and I think that's what yeah. aided in. But also, I could, academically Star speaking, Trek. I think that Buffy's more written about. Yeah, yeah I don't so know about like fan classes, fiction. And stuff I like mean, that, that's but... true because there's literally there were literally classes at my college's college mm-hmm. on Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. and we uh, talked about Buffy in class. Yeah, and I think Joss is like this ongoing cultural hero, whereas Chris Carter, yes, isn't. No, yes. no, not yeah. So much. Everything else he's done is kind of crash and burned. Yeah. But the main thing I was getting to was <laughs> the more Buffy stuff out there, the better. I'm so glad that if you search Buffy, if you search Sunnydale, you're going to get like 10 podcasts that pop up. Yeah. Check them all out. Everyone is amazing. Everyone has really cool stuff to discuss. Everyone's coming at it from different angles and different personal stories. And I love that. You're I so love positive. that. There's such a. <laughs> You're very positive. Thank you. Thank no, you. No, it's a compliment. I get it from you guys. I you don't it get from it from you. me. <laughs> I nod. Yes, I, I do. Along. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm like, go say it all, Omar. <laughs> Happy thing. Chris is chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, it's awesome that I'm so happy that there's so many Buffy podcasts because it's like, what I love about it is that. Buffy isn't big because there's a revival going on. It's like the revival never really stopped. It's just like there's been this constant obsession since it ended. It's kind of like our friends at Weenopolis said um, mm-hmm. that they, they the show never ended. Mm-hmm. The show never ended because yeah. people are still discovering it. People are still talking yeah. about it. Yeah. And if we lived, if you choose, if you had a choice between two universes, one where there's only one Buffy podcast, like the Buffy podcast, or a universe where there's a new one popping up every month, which is our universe, I'm so happy to be in this one. And the amount of support and love we've had on Facebook and Twitter, again, that's facebook.com, so Sunnydale Study Group, and at SSG Podcast, again, at SSG Podcast, uh, has been so incredible. Um, and if we can take a quick second to indulge my little ranty rant, um, I really don't like when things um, are, like, you have, like, the Simon Pegg argument where, like, it's just people absorbing stuff and people just being consumers of material. I love when you have a TV show that we watch um, and then it inspires people to create something, whether it's a podcast, uh, a comic, an or image. Or CSI Sunnydale. That's definitely going to yeah. happen. <laughs> or the entire TV I show CSI Sunnydale. I will get back Sunnydale. to you, Elia. I will respond <laughs> to your email. Or the adventures of Herbert the Razorback. Yep. Mm-hmm. We have, there are so many opportunities. And it's just great. I love that there's a community of creators around something that we all love and we all support and we all want to talk about. And even if there's something that we're not like, it's not 100% culty where we're like, everything about this is perfect. I love that we have issues with it. We want to discuss it. We all hit Owen, right? Yeah. Unanimously. Unanimous. Thank you, Holland, for your support. You can't see her, but she is nodding. She's putting her hand in the air. She's got a poster. What does it say? <laughs> Actually, you can see her. People what? are looking at her right now. Oh, wait, dang it. Never mind. There's evidence of this. Never mind. I'm lying. <laughs> Periscope. It'll go away. There's only six people here. Uh, she's got a sign that says. You can says, just kill them all. <laughs> um, I'd like to take a moment to. Um, Maybe go. I was just thinking about how we almost have, like, in, in the terms of CSI Sunnydale and Herbert the Razorback, there's like all these different little shows that we've like, or stories we've yeah. come up with along the way. A little world, a little yeah. world building. We have like a little Sunnydale study group doodle mythology. And yeah. what was there was the Richard Duckins one? What was his book? Oh, Richard Duckins, oh yeah. Oh my God, what was it? Um, I have it on my phone, but my yeah. phone is in use. Yeah. But it's glorious. Thank you guys for helping us build out a Sunnydale study group world yeah. and a Sunnydale study group universe. Uh, and it's just 
so wonderful and so great. And I'm so excited to finish up season one. It just feels so good. This, yeah. Fe- yeah. this is such a cool project. It's really exciting. And also just like the people who have been listening to it, like it's been really cool just kind of contacting people about season two because our reach is bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> Thank you, it's, Indonesia. We're definitely not at the level of like getting people who have been on the show on yet. But I'm hoping by the time yet. we do get to the later seasons. Um, okay, but for sure season four. Season four, I I'm thinking have, of I'm someone. with someone yeah. in season four yes, so he is there's this there's the uh the hellmouth boys which what, is what rupert at? the frog and richard duckins in the hellmouth boys richard is a scientist and a skeptic rupert is a mythical watcher together they solve supernatural mysteries in sunnydale kaplow yeah so, so uh, we should oh that's great we need like a like a wiki and just put all this stuff up on yeah it. we need to just keep on oh, we making could use the cougarpedia we could use cougarpedia yeah. wiki yeah. we should do that Thank you, guys. Anyway. But yeah, we just want to say a huge thank you. We appreciate it so much, and we are so happy to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we've got Kim and Tabs from one of my favorite pieces of media ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is it. So guys, get a lot of rest. Make sure you eat. Maybe if you can, eat fish. That's brain food, because we got a finale coming up. I don't eat we fish. got a fi- final. <laughs> Actually, brain. don't eat fish. I don't eat J- fish. Uh, Jimmy said that NASA told him that all <laughs> fish is poison. This has all been great. It'll continue to be great. And we are wrapping up with finals uh, next week. And after finals, we're going to take a little bit of a break with a few special bonus episodes. And then we jump into season two with some amazing guests that I can't believe we got. So, guys, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We cannot say thank you enough. And let's do it. Get ready. We have a final coming up. Pack your bags. Pack your books. We'll see you June 2nd. has really <laughs> changed things. This is... We'll figure that out. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. For those in the podcast, if you can't tell... If I'm going to cut out all the periscopes. Okay. <laughs> okay it just makes no sense. Okay. <laughs> um, but I will keep this as the executive producer, Joss Whedon, bit. Okay. So good. that they know that there was a part that was on Periscope. Okay, and then good. the Periscope people who joined us, thank you again for Periscope, folks. You get a little shout out as well. Yeah.